Please be seated. So on Mother's Day, 1999, I was assigned to preach at St. Philip's in South Central, uh, where I was doing my um, ministry study year in the Diocese of Los Angeles before going to seminary. And um, I talked to the rector, Altagracia, before preparing for the service, and she said, well, it's Mother's Day, so you have to preach on Mother's Day. And I said, but Mother's Day isn't a you know, isn't in the liturgical calendar. And, and Altagracia said, you know, Jennifer, I think it was Jenny then, Jenny, um, you know, this is the historic black congregation of the Diocese of Los Angeles. Mother's Day is a big deal here. You will preach on Mother's Day. And so I went away, um, always obedient, and realized that St. Monica's Day was the week before Mother's Day, and he, I, so I was like, oh, great. So I crafted this lovely sermon about St. Monica, who is a saint because she is the mother of St. Augustine, an African woman herself. I was so proud of myself for tying all these things together in this, this wonderful sermon. And as I got up into the, the pulpit at St. Philip's, um, the back door opened and a woman and her son entered. Um, the woman was very elderly, and she had a walker. And St. Philip's, you know, had been through a number of changes demographically in Los Angeles, so that the members of St. Philip's did not generally live near St. Philip's. And so it was Mother's Day, and so she had gotten her son to take her to church for Mother's Day. And she entered at the beginning of the sermon, and, you know, okay, so I continued to try to preach, and her son sort of tried to, like, have her sit in a pew in the back, and she said audibly, no, my pew is up there, <laughs> and she clack, 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 all the way down, and St. Philip's is about the same size as the cathedral, so all the way down at a snail's pace, basically my entire sermon, <laughs> nobody heard anything that I said, but we got a really important lesson on the value of, and power of mothers <laughs> because she knew where she belonged and it was in that pew and she wasn't going to settle for a seat in the back just because they were late and I'm sure it was her son's fault because she wanted to be there and worship and she wanted her son to be with her. And blessed be Monica who was faithful to her son through all of his adventures, which if you have not read Augustine's Confessions, I highly recommend it to you as dramatic reading, um, because she never gave up on him. You know, there were so many times when she could have said, you know what, I don't, I don't think he's ever going to convert to Christianity. Um, you know, maybe I should just be satisfied that I converted my husband. But she didn't give up. She held out hope, and they, according to Augustine's confessions, continued to have robust and active theological conversations up until her very last days, so that he was able, before she died, she saw him take his place in a pew, um, be baptized, and then was able to let go that her work as mother had been complete because she had given birth not just to 
Augustine the human being, but Augustine the risen and beloved and baptized child of God. An interesting day, keeping Monica in our hearts, given all that is going on with our world, to reflect on what it is to be a mother and what it is to be in Hannah's position of desperately wanting a child, to be in the widow's position, the widow of Nain, desperately missing a child that has died, um, and desperately grieving. As I listened to the reading about Hannah today, and I still have the, the bits of the Supreme Court draft opinion ringing through my head that I've read, it, a couple things occurred to me. One was, Eli is such a jerk. I mean, here he is, the priest in the temple, shaming a woman for her faithfulness in prayer, in praying for what she believes God wants for her. And he is awful to her and shames her. And that doesn't feel unfamiliar. But also in that reading, the switch of her countenance from grief to joy, and the simple phrase, in due time, she, you know, was given the gift of a child. In due time. <laughs> there is a sense in that phrase of God's expansiveness of there being the right time to bear a child, a time that is intended, a time that brings joy and lifts up her countenance, and a time that is not right that leads to more grief, or the, the grieving, the sadness, the falling of her countenance. And in the gospel, we have Jesus, who's not a jerk. <laughs> Jesus, who looks upon the widow and has compassion. And, you know, Jesus, in all of these stories in the gospel, whenever he is interacting with crowds, or people in need, or people who are grieving, or people who are suffering in some way, over and over again, we hear that Jesus has compassion. And so we who follow Jesus are perhaps most like Jesus when we have compassion. And I pray that all of us here today and all of us in the world <laughs> will be more followers of Jesus than followers of Eli. Amen.